Welcome to God Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Shane Nordy. Shane is part of the Morongo Band of Mission Indians. You're going to love this episode. It was a really interesting story. Please check me out on Instagram, at Noor Kidwai, Facebook, Noor Kidwai Comedian. And uh, yeah, like and subscribe to the podcast and uh, give it a good rating. That always helps. We're part of the Comedy Here Often podcast network on 604 Records, so give them a shout as well. But let's just get into this week's episode, everyone. You're going to love it. My guest this week, Shane Nordy. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. I'm here with Shane Norty. Shane, thanks for joining me, my man. Hey, how you doing, Nor? Good to be with you, man. Good to be on here, man. Oh, yeah. No, I'm doing good, buddy. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, I You have such a cool like uh, story and cool work that you do. So, um, yeah, let people know, uh, like, uh, what, what's your story, a little bit of what you do as well, because it's such a interesting work. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, I'll, I'll take it from the beginning. But uh, just for short, you know, this intro, uh, name Shane Norty, uh, coming out of Southern California uh, from the Morongo Band of uh, Indians. Uh, I started my own church, uh, Church of the People, Poor Creator, Mother Earth. Basically, work with plant medicines, you know, basically just to help people, you know, reconnect themselves and bring them back, you know, to a, a different understanding that will, you know, help them possibly better themselves, you know. So uh, in that time, you know, like I said, uh, Take it to the beginning real quick. Uh, back in uh, 2018, I lost my father to cancer, and uh, in that time, you know, I was going through a lot of hurt, a lot of a lot of pain, and so I decided to get a hold of my brothers who, uh, you know, work with uh, NAC, Native American Church. They use a uh, peyote to uh, heal, you know, sacrament and whatnot in their church, and uh, so I, I brought them out to California, and uh, from there, you know, I, I let them know what's going on and what happened. So we uh, had a peyote ceremony, and in that time, you know, I was able to heal. I was able to come to some beautiful terms of uh, the passing of my father, you know, to witness the, the healing of, uh, you know, not only old traditions, but just as a person who hasn't necessarily been to so much ceremony, to be able to have people come by and, and offer that hand of, of help. So it was beautiful, and in that time, I was able to to come to realization, you know, that uh, we needed to have help not only for myself and family, but for the tribe and other people who are willing to explore these ways of healing and, and understand, you know, the depth of what it is necessarily that native, you know, native Americans do within their space of healing, whether it's ceremonies or customs, there's many different things, you know, native people have a, a, a whole array of way of praying and healing. So to be able to use that, it was powerful and beautiful. And uh, from in there, you know, I started working on my, uh, my medicine, you know, which is uh, psilocybin mushrooms. I started to, uh, you know, just adapt them into the Wamkish. And so Wamkish is the big house. And for the people where I come from, my mother's side is uh, the Liseño, also located in uh, Southern California, maybe about 30 minutes outside of Temecula. And um, so in that time, I started to understand, you know, the cultures of what we had as people in terms of our ceremony and our lodge. And uh, so I just started to get accustomed to it and, and using the medicine. And from there, I really started grounding myself because, like I said, uh, Prior before, you know, the passing of my father and coming back to California, 
I was doing uh, activist work in uh, Arizona. I was helping uh, you know the brothers defend their land against uh, a foreign mining company that was uh, trying to extract sixty billion dollars worth of copper. Mm-hmm. And so in that fight, that's where I learned a lot of my uh, just a lot of my native understandings. You know, like I said, of of just being a ceremonial person or being amongst other ceremonial natives. You know, starting to get accustomed to how things were and protocols and certain things like that. Just how to carry yourself around. You know, these sacred spaces, whether it be mountains, you know, rivers, you know, springs, you know, you name it. There's many different spots, you know, natives consider sacred. And so that's where I basically learned a lot of my my teachings as as to be a native person. Because growing up, uh, my mom or dad, you know, they didn't they didn't really teach me anything about being native. I always tell people that um for some for some generations it skips and not on purpose. It's just a necessarily of like through colonization, you know, religion, you know, simulation, all the things that were put onto the people, you know, some of the generations weren't taught any ceremony or culture or language. So that was part of my generation and my family. So I wasn't able to learn anything. So it was cool to be able to, like I said, travel, learn, and then come back home and then, and then get accustomed to the, the, the process of what we had at home to heal, mm-hmm. you know? So it was, it was very beautiful to get in touch. Cause like I said, I never grew up. So to actually be connected and to feel that healing and, basically just the love of, of that land, you know, the love of, you know, everything that was there is beautiful and powerful. And, uh, so I just started working, you know, I started building my craft better, you know, just like anyone gets better at anything, you know, you, you practice, you know, you don't just wake up and you're just an expert. So like I said, I started sweating, started talking with more of my friends, you know, my family and just expressing to them like, Hey, you know, I, I got healing from this, you know, and this medicine, it, it helped me, you know, reconnect back to who we are as people here. So, like I said, I started getting more family and friends involved. And then uh, from there, you know, I, I basically kind of was like, I can't be the only one, you know, I, was mm-hmm. like, I can't be the only one who understands like psychedelic medicine helps, you know, so I started searching the internet and I came across decriminalize, uh, decriminalized nature, Oakland, which in 2019 in June, unanimously, unanimously um, had psilocybin and other ethnogenic plants decriminalized in the city of Oakland. So I was like, Hey, that's pretty cool. You know? And I ended up, you know, writing the, um, the CEO, the, the co-founder of the org. And, uh, I just let him know what we do, you know, and how we practice medicine. And uh, he's like, I'm gonna come down, you know, I'm gonna come down and I'm gonna check you out. And like I said, from there, you know, he came in and, and we had a beautiful ceremony. And from there we just started connecting. Cause after that, you know, he started plugging me into the, to the people he knew to the people that, you know, he understands through his work because at the time it was getting a lot of momentum, still is, you know, as you can see in the psychedelic movement. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, like I said, I just started getting plugged into other people, whether it was veterans, UFC fighters, uh, NHL players, uh, you name it. And then um, soon after all that progress, um, I ended up becoming uh, voted on the board. So I ended up becoming a board member of Decriminalized Nature. And uh, basically from there, I've just been working, you know, just working and perfecting on getting – basically more people involved and more awareness, you know, and also in the process started the church just to give extra protection and also to give us that space, you know, because there's yeah. not a lot of uh, native spaces that have that, that, that spiritual, I guess, safeguard because uh, we have stuff on the reservation, but as far as like reservations, protecting sovereignty of like freedom of religion, it's really hasn't been uh, expressed too much. So that's why I'm trying to create this model to let tribes know like, Hey, you know, we should first and foremost defend our rights for our ceremonies, for our culture and our beliefs, even though we have the native religious freedom law act, but it's like, 
not too many people have, I guess you could say, um, expressed it in the forms of what it should really express and, and what it should really entail. It's more so of like, it's just out there, but there's real no natives that could say that have really enforced the federal government and the tribal governments to basically protect them, just like any other religion, you know, any other religion and the state, you know, in the United States is protected federally and statewide. So it's like, mm-hmm. why I don't, I don't understand why the native people can't have that same right, you know? Hell yeah. Um, yeah, man. That's a, that's a lot you said. I love it. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, there's a few different things I'd want to talk about. Uh, first, I, I didn't know about this. You said like, um, when you were raised, like you weren't really, uh, didn't know too much about your culture that much. So when was like, uh, something in your life that made you go, like, I, I want to go back to my roots. I want to find out more about my ancestors. Yeah, definitely. It was, um, it was after high school. I, I started playing at junior college and, um, I was basically going to use, uh, the football platform to go to my reservation and just be like a, a base model to say like, Hey, you know, you, you can, get out of the reservation, you know, you get a good education, you can play sports, whatever, you know, I was going to use that as my platform. And then all of a sudden, uh, I had a brother who I was playing football with and he was like, Hey, he's like, Hey man, um, he's like, you ever tried mushrooms? And I was like, no, I was like, I haven't. And he's all, he's all, Hey, you should check them out. You know, he's all, uh, I don't know what to say. He's all, but when you pray with him, he's all, it feels like God could hear you. You know, he's like, that, that's the best thing I could say. And he's all, I'll give you some for free, you know? And I was like, all right. And so uh, we all have moment, one of those friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and within that moment, man, it was just like instant connection back to like what my ancestors already knew. And it was like fulfilling to know that I have a chance to now engage in what my people knew and kind of just, um, I guess you could say, do it at ease. Not saying it's not going to be, you know, hard, but now that I'm able to have the tool to go back into that, I guess you could say conscious way of thinking I had it. So it felt good to now be able to say like, you know, here you go now, like do what you want with it in a good way. And I'm not saying like I can run everywhere and do what I want, but just do things in a good way. That's awesome, man. Um, all right. So like, uh, let's, uh, let's give our audience a little bit of an idea of what, your ceremonies are like um yeah maybe like uh how like yeah how you conduct them and like maybe anything that you use uh in them as well like i want to hear all the details yeah definitely man so like let's say you were to come down we would um we'd go up to our sacred mountain so just a little quick uh brief on the story so where i stay at um originally that's not our original territory as a uh, which means the westerners uh, originally from oceanside but when the world flooded, we caught the so-called San Luis Rey, and it took us all the way up to Palmar Mountain, and we sat up on that mountain until the, the water subsided, which is now our home. So just to give a little brief short on, like, I tell people how that story is more is like equivalent to like a, a Noah's Ark type of deal, like a, mm-hmm. a Noah's Ark type of story. And uh, I always tell people, like, you know, um, that's something that we always revere sacred, the mountain where we're at, that that spot that we're located at. And um so now back to where I explained now, that's the mountain we go to to go get the medicine, which is uh, the cedar. We go and there's spring water up there too. So we'll go up to the mountain and we'll give offerings and we'll collect the cedar. And then we'll go to the springs and we'll collect the spring water. And then uh, we'll make our way down and we'll go get the sage because there's white sage. It grows naturally all back there, oh, wow. all throughout the mountain. So 
we'll go back there and we'll collect our own sage and then uh we'll head back to the house and basically we'll get uh we'll get our uh, canvas and we'll set up the wamkish and we'll go rake it out we'll clean it up and uh basically in that time i always tell people as all that's happening you know you break down like what it is you're here for why you're here you know what do you need what do you not want in terms of like what's not bettering you in your life like i always tell people in in all the process of all those things it's it's like you're preparing yourself you're you're getting yourself ready for what's to come you know as you're cleaning it as you're setting up you're you're setting your intentions then you know you should already set your intentions before you came but i always tell people at that moment it's the time to prep you know just like before people get ready for anything you have mm-hmm. your ways to prep so i always tell people in that moment is a time of prepping and so then from there after we set up the wonkish we'll go inside and uh we'll, we'll, i usually make dinner we usually have like buffalo or you know, lately we need some deer so we'll have like some good stuff you know some vegetables and whatnot and then um we eat we have about an hour and a half of like a, a cool down period that's where we get all the medicine prepped and we cut all the branches down and get everything cleaned up and then um i'll basically just go over everything with everybody about like we're about to begin these are the protocols these are what we need to do and then uh, we'll make our way out and i'll start the fire and from then we begin our journey and it starts from about nine to about like four in the morning Mm -hmm. so we're out there for a pretty good amount of time and uh and then from there like i said we'll uh we'll get some rest and then we'll head on inside rest up and then we wake up and we'll take everything out of the wonkish and then we'll go to the sweat lodge and we'll start setting up the sweat lodge. And then from there, we'll go to the river. We'll go get our rocks. We'll clean up the sweat lodge. We'll set it up, start the fire. And then uh, we'll purify, purify our mind, body and spirit of uh, the journey of the night before, you know, cause I tell people it's a lot on the mind, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot on the, you know, the spirit. If a spirit needs to be cleansed, you know, there's a lot of things that, people go through so i say in this moment or even just a matter of like recalibration in terms of like like decompressing everything you went through and breaking things down at a pace that now you can come to terms with rather than it just be so at 100 miles an hour so it kind of helps you slow it down and reintegrate what you went through and kind of break it down to where you can catch up to it yeah man that's uh that sounds amazing and i love the sweat lodge at the end um those things can be intense. I've been in, uh, I've been in those before and uh, like it was in a medicine uh, ceremony as well. And like afterwards you're right. It like feels like you're cleansing yourself so much of like everything. Right. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's uh that's a uh, cool. And Oh my God, the sweat lodges are, <laughs> they're rough, man. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm a Canadian man. I'm cool with cold. So when it's too hot for me, it's a little rough. <laughs> um, so I, I want to know a little bit um, because uh, we've talked a b- bit before and I know we talked about ceremony a lot and I, you always, t- the way you explain the importance of ceremony and how you need to bring this back to uh, like uh, native communities, especially, um, can you maybe go a little bit more in depth than that and like tell people like what you mean by that? Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, um, a lot of native communities, you know, they're, they're there, you know, I'm not going to sit here and like bash my own people and be like, Oh yeah, communities aren't there. They're there. But uh, in terms of like overall ceremony and, and the cultures and customs that we as indigenous people once had, uh, very few. You know, there are some tribes that have their their culture and stuff, and I always say it's beautiful. It's very beautiful. But at the overall whole of like our people and our youth, man, there's a lot of drugs. There's a lot of substance. There's a lot of you know 
just poor choices that are leading to suicides, you know, you know, murders, deaths, incarcerations, you know, violence. And uh, I'm not saying it's just like out the roof, but as far as like as small as our communities are, yeah, it's pretty crazy, you know, like, so that's one thing that I want to bring back of the ceremonies because regardless of what people say in terms of like our communities, our ceremonies is what kept us like aligned, balanced and helped us understand like, what could happen if we like mess up and not just mess up like petty, but like really mess up. Cause I always tell people like, that's one thing our people did for like boys in the puberty rite ceremonies is coming up into manhood, going through the wonkish. It shows you like what could happen if you do the right thing and what can happen if you do the wrong thing. So to me, like I feel like a majority of people, they never get that real choice because they're so like forced into whatever, whether it's work, jobs uh, school uh you you name it there's a lot of things that people just kind of don't have a big like factor in to like decide what they want to really do in life after like going through all the shitter you know and then even going through the shitter Mm -hmm. you're still in the shitter so like that's kind of like where for me as as indigenous man of ceremony and a person who comes from indigenous communities of ceremony yeah that's that's what we need because we all know that this system does not get us to where we need, like go to school, get a job. Okay, cool. Ask all the people who have highest degrees. And there's some people that, yeah, they're getting paid good. They're working. But a lot of them, like I guarantee you wish they had something to do else with the time that they wasted in terms of like family relationships, loved ones, you name it. Like you can't get that time back. So for me, like, I'm trying to get that to my people to express like, Hey, you want to be a doctor. You want to be this. You want to be that. Go ahead. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't ever forget who you are and never forget your roots. Mm-hmm. You know, because as far as like indigenous people, like where we come from, we have enough like economy to go do what we want. And, and that's where like, for me, I'm trying to provide the spaces for ceremony to get the youth back to where they need to be. And then also, with the resources we have to go to other less fortunate tribes and give them that, that resource, whether it's ceremony, whether it's fresh water, fresh food, community, whatever. But I, I I definitely, we need that ceremony back and we need the rights to do it without being bothered by the federal government or state. Oh yeah. And, um, I love how you're saying that ceremony because like uh, even like you're saying like a rite of passage, like you're growing up and you're like at a certain age that you're kind of ripe for this kind of ceremony to kind of show you like a proper way to live life. And I I think that's uh, amazing. And like so many indigenous communities have this. Um, So when I started doing medicine work, I did it with ayahuasca down in the jungle with the Shiopa uh, tradition. And uh, it's this exact, like, very similar stuff they talk about. It's like you have to have these ceremonies to keep people together and to give them, like, that rite of passage in in their life. And I I find that uh, amazing that you're trying to bring this back because I do think think it does a huge amount of uh, positive impact, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, so I know the first ceremony that you did, uh, you said you worked with peyote or peyote. Um, Can you maybe give us because I don't I'm not very familiar with it. I know it's the cactus and um, and in the desert, they use it a lot. Uh, Can you give us a little idea of the difference between that maybe compared to like mushrooms and what what it? Yeah, I always tell people like um, (laughs) 
think of it as like a scenic cruise versus like a drag strip. You know, when you're going down a drag strip, you don't always see what's cruising by, but when you're cruising, sometimes you can look out and you can see what's going by and you can enjoy the the scenery. You yeah, know, so yeah. in terms of what I'm trying to say is just the amount of information and, and how fast it's coming. Both are coming at very fast rate of speed, but considering the fact of like how a peyote ceremony is structured, it gives it that space for the peace because there's a lot of songs, there's a lot of drumming. There's a lot of things of that nature as far as like now how I run my mushroom ceremony, you know, I always tell people, um, you know, creator mother earth, you know, as, as loving as everybody loves them to be, it's not always there. So what I'm trying to say is, is for a human, you know, sometimes you need to get that. Sometimes you need to know the world's cold. Sometimes you need to know, yeah, your ass can be crushed at any minute. You know, so it's like, what I'm trying to say is both play the parts, but in, in similarities and differences and similarities, both get you to where you want to be, whether it's here or there, 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 there. But in terms of the differences, one has a lot more time in terms of like the duration and also the, the amount of, like I said, work that goes into it. And then, like I said, now how I run the mushroom ceremony, it's kind of like, it's just like a shotgun ceremony. I was telling people like, you can have a long wedding ceremony and then you can have a short wedding ceremony. Yeah, but yeah. in the end, if you're really down for it, you're you're getting there. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So what I'm trying to say is, you know, if you're really sincere in both both spaces, you're gonna get what you need to get. Hell yeah. Ah, uh, that's uh that's really cool. Um no, I really like that. So I wanna talk a little bit about your activism as well because I do uh really respect this. Um like I know, like uh, one of the biggest uh, protests that, like I think the whole world heard about, was like the Standing Rock protests, and you were right there on the front lines, weren't you? Yes. And like, yeah, yes, this definitely. was the protest against the pipelines, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, can I? Can you tell us a little bit of what you kind of learned from uh, that protest? Yeah. No, I, I definitely learned the fact that like my my people could still come together in, in hard times and. And also for, for the right things, whether it be water, community, ceremony, you name it. You know, I was able to see the unity of the people. And then I was also to see, you know, that times really have not changed in terms of, like, how the government works and how the government has always used, like, other entities to, to do their work other than this themselves taking up ownership for not only destroying this earth, but we're destroying people mm -hmm. and their communities and their way of life and their way here on earth. And it just showed me that my, my ancestors weren't wrong. You know, and it showed me that, you know, that it hasn't changed. Cause like I said, you know, there were armed people there, there were military, you know, special force people there. And um, to me, they were just waiting to see a gun or hear of a gun being over there or like, waiting to have any excuse because it's, you know, it's, it's all, it's already there and it's already, they know that's like our mentality when reality, that's not really our mentality. Just like right now, what's going on in the country, how it's, it's a lot of it is, is psychologically fueled actions, meaning like, yes, people make their choices, but it hits them in the mind. So it's psychologically tuned to hit triggers 
It's all triggers. Just like they know showing up to a native protest in native land like that would trigger a, a, a response that they were hoping to get. And I'm glad that my people understand that that's not what we're about. Like I said, we've already been through the war days. We've already been through the slaughter. Mm-hmm. We've already had guns shot at us and, you know, massacre our people. So it's like any logical person would not want to relive that again. Like, at mm-hmm. least unless you love war. <laughs> so it's like, but as far as I was there and the people I was around, that's not what we're about. You know, so like I said, it was able to show my people the strength we still have and the fact that we're able to still stand up for our water because outside of the people were there, where was the rest of the people? Because everyone needs clean drinking water. So it's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, do people really care about their water? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. <laughs> there's there's a, there's people who do. I'm not going to sit and be like, oh, yeah, not everyone cares about water, but a majority of people don't. <laughs> well, it's, I agree with you. Know, you. So that's um, where, like, for me, it just. <laughs> hey, man, I agree with you. Uh, honestly, like, with the with the water, like, I think if you ask anybody, they're going to say, like, yeah, of course I, like, uh, want to protect our clean water and all that stuff. But, like, the actions don't really match uh, the words. And I, I can understand that completely. And, like, I know, like, when you do these uh, protests and everything, like, the government comes in like with like heavy military and like heavy like arms and shit like that. Like how how do you like how do you even look at that when you're standing up to like that kind of power? Not not only that, but they even get like like groups that work within like the groups that are doing like the actions and the ones that like work with the leaders and people who organize the events. And it's like it's kind of crazy you know, just to see like all that happening, you know, cause that for like a time I was like, ah, you know, it ain't real. But then you got to understand, like these are billion dollar corporations that not only are just here, but they're all co- coincided everywhere, whether it's Canada, whether it's here, whether it's down South, like all these pipelines, that's why they're having this shit right now with the, the Keystone in Canada, like to Canada and all these people are like, Oh, we're out of jobs. The welders. Da, da, da. And it's like, yeah, well, what about the fucking, native lands and the environment ecosystems and, and animals and all the shit that you guys have fucking damaged like oh but you want to fucking bitch about your welders like come on man like you know so that's like where i was saying like going back to what you were saying about what you're talking about the the armored vehicles and the people it's like it's crazy because it, like i said it's mirroring so it's showing both sides it's showing what this side is willing to do and then it's showing how far that side's willing to go. So it's crazy to know that that side is willing to kill people if necessary for a fucking pipeline or any of those other things. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's uh, really crazy. And like the whole idea that they actually infiltrate your groups, like get people to like come on the inside and like get information and shit. That's just that's just insane. <laughs> I don't know how you, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. It's, it is. And that's what I try to tell people. Like, natives have always been dealing with this at the lowest level and the highest level. I mean, goddamn, we have the BIA, the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Like, they don't have a Bureau of Jewish Affairs. They don't have a Bureau of, of Black Affairs, uh, Mexican Affairs. And it's like they got a file on every native in this country. They know where they live. They got their whole record through IHS. So, 
So it's like, it's just, it's just insane to know that like all these things are still at our feet, you know, and to know that they're still present and heavily present on reservations. And, um, yeah, like I said, the Standing Rock incident just showed like where the government will take it if we get into their affairs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And it's crazy because how do they not expect their affairs to be our affairs when their shit runs through our lands and it's going through treaty territory? Like, how do you not expect that to be our affair? <laughs> no, a hundred percent. And I know in Canada too, like they try to, uh, they try to like, uh, buy out like different parts of the tribe and stuff as well. And like, yeah, they're going, I don't know if you've been reading on right now, but they're going, they're doing a lot of stuff right now at the pipeline up there. Um, I forgot the name, but um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on in the pipelines and it's just, it's just, it just blows my mind how the native people don't have a voice and we're looked at as like the antagonizers or the, the eco terrorists, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, mm-hmm. Well, look at you. If you look at yourself, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually, uh, that's pretty ironic. They're calling you the eco-terrorist. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> there's only one, right? uh, yeah, there's only one side uh, terrorizing the ecosystem here. <laughs> Dude, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's not like the whole population is fucking the eco. It's like, dog, there's a real enemy and it's big corporate, man. <laughs> that's true. Um no man, that's uh, that's really true. Do you, like so now? What are the different tribes in the country and stuff like? Do you see more of like people coming together from different tribes and everything? Like, uh, how do you how do you look at that? Um, at, at the moment, that's why I'm trying to use this this mushroom movement, man. Because it's like, you know, I got another podcast today, and, and I'm it's basically like that's what I'm trying to use it as. Because it's like, look. We can sit here all day and talk about, like, oh, my culture, this, and my people, that. Okay, but we're all facing the same traumas. Like, we're all going through this this fucking, like, I guess you could say, like, degeneration of ourselves. Like, we're fucking falling through, and it's like, okay, you may not have to do what I'm saying, but if you have your culture, you have these ceremonies, why can't you be protecting them or getting behind a structure that is protecting and and looking to bestow them upon the people. Like, and that's kind of like where I'm trying to get it at because like I said, the psychedelic movement don't give a damn. Like about, like I said, any top dog in the psychedelic movement, I guarantee you he ain't showing up to the res to heal the res. So yeah, I could just say that right there. Like they don't give a damn about the native population, but now you got a native right here who knows all these big dogs who's working in the same level just don't got these big ass names behind me, but at the same level. And now I'm working the tribes that I am with all billion dollar tribes. So to me, I'm just like outside of getting your head out your ass. This is a fucking win, win. The tribes are going to be like, the tribes are going to be like, Oh, well, this is schedule one. Da, 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 da. It's going to affect our federal. Fuck that. We've always been about plant medicine. Native people have always been about plant medicine, regardless. Just like Big Pharma, outside of the generic bullshit, every medicine they got comes from a plant. Hell yeah. So it's like people need to switch this bullshit fucking contradictory thought off. Every fucking thing you take is a form of a drug. If people want to get on this stupid ass thought, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just it, no, fucking... it's. <laughs> hey, man, you're right. Uh, the. Big Pharma, like, they plagiarize nature and, like, pretty much all of the chemicals they use. 
like even now with like weed getting uh, legalized, they're actually trying to like just get the synthetic chemical version of it and just be able to try to sell it like that. It's just like, nah, like uh, there's better ways to use these mm-hmm. things and like uh, they use it. Uh, yeah, you can use it more naturally and like the effects are different, but the end like they, they take longer, but it's actually how you heal and it's actually how you uh, become whole again, right? Yeah, exactly, man. And that's kind of like where I'm trying to bring back because there's already a shitload of people like there's so many fucking vegans and health nuts and I'm not talking shit about it. I'm just saying there's a shitload of them. So that ain't going nowhere in terms of the consciousness of being healthy. So that's what I'm trying to say is, is like now with the COVID and the mental health, you're going to be billion dollar markets. Right. And that's what I'm trying to tell, like my tribe, like not only are we going to get rich, but we can fucking help our people honestly, man. Like, cause that's where I'm trying to get at is like, I don't give a damn about the money cause we're already fucking billionaires. Like I said, Morongo pulls in $11 billion plus a year just off the casino alone. That's not adding the gas station and Arrowhead and all the other shit we got with it. So it's like, we already got the money. Now you look at our people fucking dropping like flies and that shit is scary. That shit is scary to see fucking youth from 15 to 25 dying from fucking fentanyl dying from fucking crash it's like it's like dude with the amount of money and resources we have like nah and that's why i think this is perfect time with the psilocybin because now there's actual proof there is scientific fucking proof and i hate that are that a lot of people need that but there's actual proof now that's saying that psilocybin in controlled settings yada 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 it fucking works you know, <laughs> that's actually that's like uh... for me. I'm just like, yeah, I'm not trying to sit here and be some sickle PowerPoint lecture. It's like this shit works, man. And everyone knows it. Like you want to go nerd out about it. There's nerds about this shit. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that was the conclusion in the scientific study. Like it fucking works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like uh this is actually one thing you do talk about uh, a lot on like your website and like what you're uh, trying to do is like you talk about like decolonization techniques and like uh like like changing the social structures and stuff like that. Like do you want to maybe go a little in depth in that a little bit? Yeah, simply like social structures, like, for instance, like you can go into a social structure and because of the modern social structure, for instance, a lot of people take things very offensive or people get put on a defense or people are always on this. But it's like, as far as I know, our communities were not based off those social skills. Like those are all fear, I guess you could say, learned structure techniques through watching movies, through television, through listening to the wrong people. But it's like as far as native structures, like a lot of those structures weren't here. So that's where I want to rebuild structures, whether it's like rebuilding through, you know, constructive building in terms of like talking right to people, uh, being there more for people, you know, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever. Like I said, being there because a lot of days the communities have been turned to shit. You know, like, for instance, you can go into housing track and all the people live there, but it's like, it ain't like everyone hanging out with each other. It ain't like everyone's really the homie. You know what I mean? Like, so that's kind of like, whereas native people, it was that people were real communities and they were cousins, families, brothers, sisters, whatever. And they were all close knit people. So that's one thing I want to bring back to my people and my communities. And then who's to say from there, people come to a native community, be like, God damn, like, 
this is a this is a community. Why can't why can't our community be like this? Why can't? Why? And so that's where I'm trying to see this ripple effect of where like, because obviously a lot of people think natives are this and that, yada yada yada. But um, so we 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 clean up a little bit. I think it'd be a very great inspiration for people to just see like, hey, these guys have come from the shittiest of the shit. They've been more manipulated than all of us, and they're all right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like yeah. we've been going through this charade longer than anyone on this land base. You know what I mean? So it's like, fuck, if we're still here, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. And uh, honestly, like uh, like those social structures, it's even degraded in like a lot of our big cities too. Like you can see yeah, that. Yeah, whether it's the women, the children – they're just like you said they're degraded man how people really treat their social structures or communities it's like they're very degraded it's 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 sad and like uh it's funny like how we're more connected in like as humans like hey you're in california i'm up in canada and we're talking right now that's pretty awesome but like it's funny how we're more connected but like now we have this like epidemic of loneliness as well that's like just people don't know how to talk to each other and then like you said those learned behaviors of fear like we fear like people's judgments of each other of of us right so like that makes us less likely to actually go and talk to people open up to people have community and these are getting degraded and especially in the big cities i i live in toronto usually right now i'm back home and living in my just in my small town temporarily but uh like i i notice in the small town there's a lot more community and like it, there is a little bit more healthiness to that. But like, I remember just living in Toronto. That's like, doesn't, doesn't fucking exist at all. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's scary, man. It's scary. And like, you're right that we need, we need to find ways to build these communities back up because community is something that's just like, uh, just it's at the heart of like what humans are. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Nah, man. Uh, I I do love the, that uh, work you're doing, so I I really do appreciate it. And I'll tell you, I'll uh, when this fucking lockdown's over, I'll uh, make sure I come down and do a ceremony with you guys. Oh uh, yeah, man! You can sit with some Navy SEALs, some fighters, whole bunch of people. <laughs> I, I, I'm a hockey fan, so or just yourself, or just yourself. All right, buddy. I gotta ask you the question of the podcast. So uh, Shane Norty. God, yay or nay? Yay, that's a big yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you want to uh, you want to expand a little bit more on that? Just like uh, I know. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so um, you know that's one reason why I started the church. You know, because uh, you know, regardless of what religion is going to say about my people, I've always said we've always been a firm believer of God in this earth. It was just not at the palate of them, so. Because it wasn't at the power of them, they didn't like it. Mm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we didn't believe in God in this earth. And I always tell people that what's here on this earth right now, for instance, the word God alone, that's such a young phrase of expression considering how we used to express for what people say of God. If you can if you can get what I'm saying there. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to say is before the word even God was expressed, we already knew about God. It just wasn't God. In that word, we already had God in our own language. We already had our own language and we already had our own understanding. And so now to come back into this uh, teachings through the medicine, through psilocybin mushrooms and my people, 
Uh, it's just showed me the reality of like that God is real, but not only that, but like God has always been real. So to be able to understand that through, I guess you could say a, a DNA lineage, meaning like my people, like I said, my people have always known that. And to be some of the oldest human beings here, not in the world, but on this place, so-called California, I just say that that's where I think that's what makes it that much better. And and to me, I always say that's in every human being, but no human being has been taught to connect like that other than like, that's why people are so fascinated. I always say by like, whether it be Buddhist people, Hindus, this, that, this, you name it. It's like, if you go back long enough, every human being could connect to a God in this earth, whether they were there, here, there, there, there. So that's where I try to elaborate on like now getting into this work. It's like, I've always knew myself that God was real, but now to do this medicine and to see it working, it's like, it's totally confirmed that God is more real than anything ever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's one perspective of how I see it is just that uh, my ancestors have never forgot about God or this earth. And uh, I think that's where that drive comes from also, because it's like, we're some of the oldest people here. So to me, like, of course, other people are going to express it, but I feel like the way we can express it, it'll help get to the others. Cause like I said, it's old. Just like I said, you could talk to a, a 20 year old man or you could talk to a hundred year old man. You could sit there and judge all you want, but that hundred year old man is going to have a lot more stories than this 25 year old man. Yep. A hundred percent. So, uh, like when you started, uh, like with the, the church, like, um, why why did you decide to call it the church? Did you ever get pushback from people in the community at all? Oh yeah, definitely. My own people were like, Hey, I don't like how you call it a church. And, and it's like, for me, I want to flip it because I want to show this may sound bad to people, but I don't mean it this way. I want to show the church people, not necessarily church people that go to church, but the foundations of those churches. I want to show them how bad they were. And even though how bad they were, we still took on this model and pretty much made the best we could. And so it's like, that's one reason why I call it church of the people for creator mother earth. Cause like I said, it's, it's a church for the people. It's not for blacks, Jews. I don't care who you are. You're the people. Hell yeah. So it's like, you're the people. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and what was it for creator mother earth? You know what I mean? It's just like at the end of the day, that's what I honor for everything. No matter what I do, it's for Creator Mother Earth. So it's like Church of the People for Creator Mother Earth. Oh <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Uh, yeah. All right. Like, uh, I can't wait to get down there, buddy. <laughs> You're making me excited. Yeah, I can't wait too, man. Let me know because we're ready, man. Whenever, whenever it's up, and you have the time, just let me know, brother. Hell yeah. Um, so when you're doing the, like, uh, where do you get the mushrooms from? You said, like, they grow in the mountain area as well? Yeah, there, there's areas that grow up. And then um, also, too, just uh, have my own ways of, like, growing and processing, like, on the church grounds. Sweet. So I just do my own growing in the church grounds. Because once you do it on that, it's, it's basically, like, you know, they like said they can't do anything. It's, it's, it's my own medicine. You know what I mean? It's just, like, there's really nothing they can fucking say. <laughs> ha, 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 hey, buddy. <laughs> it's like I'm not transporting, not doing this. It's like 
Fuck, man, it's my medicine, man. <laughs> I, 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 nah, I'm pretty sure uh, you don't really care too much about uh, what the <laughs> people in the power structures are telling you. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, man, that's why. That's why I want the people behind me, man, because shit's going to get deep, but, but fuck it, man, that's what they want. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, dude, um, let the people know uh, anything you want to uh, let them know about uh, where they can get a hold of you or uh, find out about your church, all of that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, everybody, you want to go on um, Church of the People for Creator Mother dot com. Uh, you type that in, take me right to my site, uh, and then from there, um, I'm on Instagram, uh, Church of the People for Creator Mother of the Earth. So for short, it would be. Um, Hang on a second. Just the just the acronym. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the acronym exactly. O F T P F C M E, and that would be just like you said the short acronym of it, and it'll come up. It'll be a, a picture of a fire. Can't miss it. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'll uh, make sure to t- toss that in the description for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, toss toss in there for sure, please. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like anything else you want to promote or say. Nah, man, just beautiful times. Thank you for having me on here. And uh, there's going to be a lot of psychedelic uh, people out there. So everyone, uh, just make sure you guys look out for the good ones. Hey. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thanks, Sharon. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, brother. You have a good one, Nor. All right. That was another episode. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always does help. Check me out on Instagram, at NewerKidY, and all the other social media platforms. And my website is NewerKidY.com. You can check out my comedy dates and stuff like that on there as well. And you can check out all my comedy videos as well, which I really do appreciate. This uh, podcast is part of the Comedy Here Often podcast network on 604 Records. Give them a check out as well, and you can see more podcasts from other comedians and uh, funny people in Canada. Thanks so much, guys, and I'll see you again on another episode of God Yay or Nay.